Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 52. Welcome back once again, my friends. This is Velvet Eau Claire, as always, your guide through all of the secrets, saucy secrets, sexy secrets, and of course, the less than sexy secrets of us, the ladies, gents, and non-binary folk behind the tassels. We are continuing on through the season O sex here on Burlesque Strip Down. We have so much great stuff going on. This was all kind of kicked off by a trip that I went on to Atlanta to visit the Sex Down South conference, which was a phenomenal conference. If you have not listened to my recap of that, definitely head over to burlesquestripdown.com slash sex down south and you can listen to that recap episode where I talk about all the different sessions I went to and all of the great takeaways that I had. It was really a mind-blowing weekend. And we are still kind of working through some of the different issues. I've decided that this season is just kind of going on as long as I feel that there is stuff to talk about. Uh, This has been my kind of passion lately is talking about sexuality and all of the kind of nuances that go along with it, particularly where it intersects with, uh, with art and with burlesque and all of the things that we do, especially burlesque in particular, because obviously it is a very sexual art form typically. But I think there's a lot more nuances than are typically discussed, right? So that's kind of what we're doing here on the season O sex on Burlesque Strip Down. And today I have an interview with Tyomi Morgan, who is the, also known as the Glamazon. And she is just a phenomenal an incredibly inspiring person to learn from at Sex Down South. She led the first workshop that I went to, as well as the opening keynote for the conference. And we had a chance to connect and chat a little bit. Of course, she was very in demand because she's such a phenomenal human being and has such a huge following online and on her YouTube channel and everything like that. So we chatted briefly and I was really excited to talk with her more. And so in this interview, we chat a lot about sexuality. We chat a lot about art and um, her work as an artist, as a creator. And then we, of course, get into some of the nitty gritties because she is very similar to me in the fact that she is a social media nerd. She loves learning about stuff like that and working with that. So we chat a little bit about some of the best practices, about things like branding, which, as you may know, I'm very, very into. Um, I did an episode last year about um, creating a personal brand. So if you haven't if you haven't listened to that as well, you can kind of get some tips on that. But she and I kind of get into some of these real details, and we have some great takeaways, some really actionable advice, as well as talking about some of the kind of internal things, these self care practices, and you know where sexuality kind of intertwines with all of this. So before I get more into telling you a little bit more about Tayomi herself, let me just remind you: if you are loving the show, there are a couple ways that you can help support the show. The first one is to be become a patron of Burlesque Strip Down. I do have a Patreon page and you can reach that by going to burlesquestripdown.com slash support. And there you'll be able to become a patron. You can donate um, anywhere from a dollar per month all the way up to $20 or $25 per month and get a variety of different perks um, depending on the level. And But at least with a dollar per month, you'll get access to an exclusive patron-only feed that I have basically been putting up um, a lot of pictures and exclusive photo sets that you can't see anywhere else. I've been teasing them on Instagram a little bit, but I've been giving full um, full images over on Patreon. So if you're, if you're loving the show and you're interested in, in how you you can help out more. That's a great way to do it. You know, the the podcast is not necessarily a cheap endeavor and I've been doing it and I love doing it, but any sort of financial support that you can give would be greatly appreciated. 
You can also, if you're interested in donating some of your time and becoming part of the burlesque stripped down posse, we have been getting that going. And I'm really excited to interview, introduce some of the girls that will be working with uh, with me on that uh, very soon here in the future. And so you can do that as well if you'd like to help out either with, you know, some time in particular, I'm looking for someone to help me with editing, someone to help with, you know, some of the kind of more mundane things like listening back to old episodes and pulling out quotes and things like that, as well as people to serve as more ambassadors who are kind of getting the word out and plugging on social media as well as in local places around your community. So if you are interested in helping out, you don't have to make a commitment right now. I would love to just kind of start the conversation. So you can go to burlesquestripdown.com slash join the posse. And there's a little form there so I can get to know you a little bit better. And then we can jump on like Skype or even just a phone call and chat. I would love for anybody all around the world that does not have to be here in America Um, Anyone who is interested in becoming part of this and creating this movement, because that's what I really do see us doing in in, in 2017 and into the future, is kind of creating this burlesque stripped down movement. Um, and putting it out in full force. So if that interests you, that would be phenomenal to hear from you. You can also simply share one of these episodes. It's a very easy thing to do. Um, I, I try to have very easy, you know, social share buttons on all the websites. If you're listening on the website or if you're listening in your podcast player, there's usually a share button as well. So definitely just, you know, pick out two, three friends who might like this, whether they're burlesque performers, they're burlesque enthusiasts, or again, in this season of sex, we're not just focusing on burlesque. So if they're interested in sexuality and exploring Exploring, you know, things like consent or sexual trauma or even, you know, branding and social media and how that deals, especially in a sexual um, when your content is more sexually focused. Right. Uh, Tayomi and I talk about that a little bit in this episode about, you know, some of the rules on Facebook and Instagram on what you can and can't post. So definitely just share these episodes, share the website with anyone um, and, you know. Let them let them know what's out there. And we just want to kind of get in front of more ears. Speaking of which, the last thing you can do is head over into iTunes and leave a rating and review over there, because the more ratings we have, the more reviews we have, the higher up in the search rankings we will be and the more people will be able to find us and listen and love it and help us create this community. So any one or more of those four things, supporting financially over on Patreon, becoming part of the posse, sharing with your friends and or leaving an iTunes rating and review would be immensely helpful. And I thank you in advance so much for that. So let's go on to talk about Tayomi a little bit. Passionate, innovative, and ambitious are just a few words to describe the model-turned-sexpert Tayomi Morgan. Hailing from Chicago, Illinois, Tayomi began her career as a model working for local designers, musical artists, and national brands, and eventually landed a contending spot on America's Next Top Model. The opportunity was short-lived, but after leaving the show, she decided to use her influence for good. Possessing a love for all things sensual and recognizing a lack of modern-day edge in presenting sex education, the Glamazon, as she's commonly known, decided to create her own sex education blog. And that is how Glamorotica101.com was born in September of 2011. Over the course of the last five years, Tayomi has launched a YouTube channel that reaches lovers worldwide, bringing in 1.4 million views monthly, and she's appeared on several radio shows and podcasts. She's also been featured as a favorite sexpert on Comedy Central's popular sketch comedy show Tosh.0, and her blog has been referred to as a go-to source for sex positioning and sex advice for women of color by activist and writer Feminista Jones. 
She currently serves as the resident sexpert and contributing writer for Ebony.com and Ebony Magazine, a contributing writer for BlackDoctor.org, and is currently a host on PlayboyRadio.com with her own podcast, Glamazon Tayomi's Sex Academy. Tayomi is, she has a lot of stuff going on, and we chat a little bit about this, about all these things on her plate and how she has time, really, for all of it. But as as you'll hear, she has a lot of really, really great knowledge and great things to share and does so in a very, very approachable way. So without further ado, let me go ahead and give you my interview with the Glamazon herself, Tayomi Morgan. Yes, that is right, my friends. I have Tayomi Morgan here with me today. How are you doing today, Tayomi? I am doing fantastic. How are you, Velvet? I am really, really great. Thank you for asking. Um, it's it's a beautiful day. I mean, I'm here in Florida. Where are you coming to us from? I am from Chicago, so you know it's not as warm as it is in <laughs> Florida right now. But I'm happy because I'm going to be traveling to Tampa. On Friday, so I get to soak up some of that Florida sun. Yes. So I did read your bio, um, and we got to know a little bit about who you are and some kind of your history. But I'd really love to hear you just kind of fill in some of the gaps from that and, and g- give us a sense of who you are kind of like as a human being and what how you've gotten to the place where you're at right now. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I subscribe to being an artist. So everything that I do with my body, with my life, with my words is all art to me which is, I feel, the highest expression of your existence. Um, And I'm very passionate about justice and people just being able to live authentically and live fully. And so um, I started out modeling, became pretty popular from that, wound up um, landing a contending spot on America's Next Top Model, Cycle 14, Mm. and it was great. I got some great TV time, and so from that, my popularity shot up, but then my dad really encouraged me to use my writing because I'm a naturally talented writer. And he said, you know, you know, this modeling stuff is cool, but your writing will get you, get you so much further and will give you, give you everything that you desire. So I said, you know what, let me actually take this serious once my career started to shift. And so, you know, blogging was like the big thing back then. Like this was five years ago. And I was like, okay, I know the rule of thumb with blogging is, You have to be passionate about something that you'll never get tired of talking about. So I asked myself, you know, what can I write about that I'll never get tired of? I know a lot about and it will help actually enhance the lives of people worldwide. And I said, oh, sex. So (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, if I talk about sex, I will never run out of a job. I will always have work to do and I will always be valuable to people. So I did some research for about a year. One day just woke up, decided to start the blog, brought the domain, put it up, and GlamErotica101.com began. And literally from the day I posted my first blog post, it just captured such intrigue from people who knew me. And that's how I know that I'm walking in my purpose and doing what I'm meant to do because everything just, everything just seems to have come to me so easily with, like, with little effort. It's just been great. And, you know, I, I've always had gifts of, you know, being a healer and a light worker and being empathic. And so by doing the work over the course of the last few years, it's really shown me how I can use my gifts to heal the world, essentially. And just me being as open as I am and as accepting of myself as I am, when I put up videos and Snapchats and tweets and all of that, 
it's amazing how much just my words or even my image inspires other people to just live more authentically within their sexual selves or to reconnect with their sexuality if they've if they've gone away from it or if, they, or if they've never connected with it, both men and women. And so, yeah, it's just been an amazing journey these past five years. And I'm looking forward to the rest of my lifetime working in this industry. That's phenomenal. I love it's so inspiring to hear people who really just like find that where it really just resonates with you internally and it just feels like where you're meant to be and you're helping. It's not just, you know, we've talked on this podcast before about like the idea of passion versus purpose. Uh-huh. And this great idea, I mean, passion is a wonderful thing to have, but that's kind of more internally motivated. It's like, I love this. I need to do this. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But when you find your purpose, mm-hmm. it has that passion, but it also has this external motivation of like, this is what I'm going to do to contribute to the world. Absolutely. And so I just think it's beautiful. I love chatting with people who have really, really found that because I think there's a lot of us out there, even myself included, who are still kind of getting there. You know what I mean? I haven't quite found the the thing that really sits with me. I love burlesque so much. I love this podcast. Don't get me wrong. But it's like still kind of, you know, I mean, it's a journey for all of us, even for you who has found your thing. I'm still I'm sure it's still a journey for you. Absolutely. Because it evolves. You know what I mean? As I evolve and I learn more and I deepen my spirituality and I deepen my knowledge, um, the things that I want to do and how I want to give to the world changes. And so I just flow with it. You know, I flow with the natural progression of life and I don't fight against it. And so when new ideas come to me or, um, you know, different ideas of how I can teach and get the information out come to me, I just say, all right, let's let's explore this instead of being so, you know, like boxed in to just yeah. one way. And the beautiful thing about what I've done is I've pretty much created my own lane. Mm, I set a I very clear intention when I started about how I wanted to do what I'm doing. Because when I was doing my research, I did not see a young woman of color speaking about sex in a way that was entertaining, but also educational and relatable. So instead of me complaining about not having someone to look up to, I said, well, I can be that. I can be the solution. There was a quote from Gandhi that said, I think, uh, be the change that you seek in the world. And so Mm -hmm. if you truly want something to change, instead of complaining about it, be that source of change. So it's it's funny because there are a lot of like young women who are in the field of sexuality and they're doing big things and they have, you know, movements of their own. But the one thing that I do is I don't compare myself to anybody else because we're all doing the work and we're all doing it in our own way. And we all have audiences that we are reaching because our voice resonates with them. And I always tell people there's no competition in this. We all work for the common goal, which is enlightenment. And if this if that's not what you're about, then maybe this work is not for you because it's not about competition. It's not about one person being better than the next. It's about each of us teaching in a way where we can eventually change the world. Mm. Yeah, snaps to that. Absolutely. That, and that was actually one of my big, um, for anybody who doesn't know, I actually met Tayomi first at Sex Down South, mm-hmm. which I have been talking about 
a lot here on the podcast. I did a whole recap episode, and then I've brought on a few other guests from the, uh, from that conference, and I will be bringing on a few more. Um, and that was one of my. I mean, I had several big takeaways from your opening keynote presentation, but that was one of the big ones. I loved that so much. There's no competition here, and I think that's something that we can take. You know, for those of us who are burlesque performers, as well as in the sexuality field, as well as kind of like in life in general, we so often put in competition where there really is none or jealousy or comparing or all of these things where really there's space enough for all of us, especially yes. with the massiveness of the internet these days. But even in the real world, even in the you know day-to-day life, there is space enough for all of us, right? Absolutely. I know you probably don't have a typical week or a typical month, but what kind of things... You know, because it's one thing to know that you're a, you know, you're a sex educator and you have, you know, you have your blog, you have your YouTube channel, you speak at events. But what kind of things like fill up the every day? What does your schedule kind of usually look like? My schedule is all over the place from day to day. <laughs> like, I really need to get on a better schedule. My sister's always telling me, if you get more organized, you can be even more efficient. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Typically, it's filled with meditation and working out because fitness is a very major part of my life and I choose to lead by example, so I have to get that in. Mm -hmm. And then it's anywhere from managing the several social media platforms that I have and my blog and website and then also um, putting in some work on writing, like I'm working on a book right now. I write for ebony.com and so I have to make time to you know, put in my work to submit to the website and just planning, planning parts of my tour, planning new classes, thinking about curriculum and then working on several other aspects of my business that are currently in development. So it's like every day I kind of touch on every little piece of what I do. But social media definitely consumes a lot of my time because that's where I interact with the public. I consider all of my social media platforms to be a community or a network, and I'm very vocal with pe- the people who follow me. So when I'm not on social media, they miss me and they feel like something's wrong. Like I just came back from a weekend retreat in Atlanta um, that was all about sacred sexuality, which was amazing. And so I chose to check out. I chose not to be on my phone. I didn't want to document anything. I didn't want to take pictures because for me, that experience was very sacred and it was all about my spiritual development. So I didn't want the world to share in that with me. And so yes, yeah, absolutely. when I got back on social media, everyone was like, oh my God, yay, she's back. I'm like, oh, you guys miss me. That's so cute. <laughs> but I <laughs> have to great. check out sometimes, guys. I can't be on every day. So It's true. It's, it's overwhelming at that point. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a great kind of segue, too. I wanted to talk as well, because during your opening keynote, you talked a lot at Sex on South. You talked a lot about, you know, this idea of social media. And I kind of inf- I mean, there was a little bit of like branding and things in there. And that's something that we've talked about here on the podcast as well, because I think as performing artists, as burlesque performers and performing artists of other other types, sometimes we forget we we so badly want to focus on our art that we forget that we have to brand ourselves and we have to approach these things as a business as well if we want to grow in that way. If we don't and we're perfectly happy, you know, just doing the occasional show here and there, that's great too. But if we want to grow and do more and approach it that way, then we really have to take it a little bit more seriously. So do you have any kind of either uh, tips for us or just telling about your own story as far as how you came into a brand and kind of that journey and then those social media aspects? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, I've grown up with the internet. You know, I, I remember MS DOS and then the inception oh, yeah. of the internet getting AOL.com as a CD ROM in your, you've in your got mail. mail. Right. You've got <laughs> mail, right? The first social media. And like, I was hooked. As soon as I entered my first chat room, I was hooked because I realized, like, wow, you can talk to people from all over the world. And so I've had, I literally still have friends who um, we became pen pals on some of the earlier versions of uh, like social media when I was like 16, 17. And so from there, I told myself, I said, you know what? I want to run a business from the internet. Like I want to use the internet to make money so that I never have to leave my home. And so I set that intention very early. And so that's why most of my, uh, most of the work that I do is through the internet. And the one thing that I realized was you can reach a lot of people even faster if you grow your network. And then, you know, people have access to you that normally wouldn't. Like, you know, I live in Chicago. If I don't have social media, if I'm not interactive on social media, then people in Zimbabwe or Tanzania or India, Saudi Arabia, New Zealand, they won't be able to know who I am because I'm not visible to them. But because I have a YouTube channel and because I have Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr and Facebook and I'm SEO friendly, like you can search my name and it pops up. Or if you search pretty much anything with sex, eventually you find me. So now it's like through the power of the internet, my reach expands to millions instead of just like maybe a million around my city, depending on what, you know, uh, marketing tactics I use. And so I have this concept and a few of my colleagues and a few of my friends who are also successful in their line of business we use this and it's called flood the internet. And so what you do pretty much is you're active every single day on social media and you're putting out multiple pieces of content throughout the day. And you do this every single day. And what it does is not only does it increase your exposure, but it also boosts your SEO. So, and it's all about using the appropriate hashtags uh, on your posts because those hashtags are searchable. So the more you post, the more hashtags you attach, the higher your search, uh, your, your visibility through search will be. So, and then like in the beginning, when I first started my blog, I used to like directly at people. So Twitter has been basically my main platform, uh, to expand. And so when I would write something, I would, I would have like a list of 100 people that I felt were all influencers, right? And every single day I would directly write them and say, hey, check this out. And so I did that for like two years, just directly and then adding people to that list and just directly hitting these people with my sex position of the week on Mondays. And it was like a ritual. So every Monday people would expect for me to put out a sex position. And it went from me using pictures from other websites to using my own original photographs with me and a partner in them, which was a suggestion of one of my uh, former photographers, shouts out to Billy for the idea. And, you know, uh, and I also, I piggyback off of my network. The people who follow me, they are the ones that pretty much drive the brand. So I listen to them and their needs and the things that they say that they want to learn. And if there's something that I'm not 
too keen on, then I will, you know, buy books. I will do my research and I will increase my knowledge base in that area so that I can then provide them with the knowledge that they seek. But also just using these platforms to interact with people, start conversations. The main goal for me is to to normalize conversations about sexuality. You know, it should be as normal as talking about the weather. And Mm -hmm. that's where you begin to um, incite liberation. So many people are repressed. Like I literally, before we got on this call, was just having a conversation with a 24-year-old young woman in New Zealand who is from originally from Zimbabwe, right? And she was just telling me how in Zimbabwe, sex is still considered to be taboo. Women are shamed for expressing themselves sexually or for claiming their sexuality. And no one even talks about sex, like really, especially like married couples. And so for her to be across, like all the way across the world and be able to reach out to me via Snapchat, and for her to be able to watch the lessons that I'm putting on Snapchat, that's helping her because there mm-hmm. isn't anyone in her community that's giving her this talk, not even her parents. And so that's the beauty and the power of the Internet and the power of having a network. It's not just about collecting numbers. It's about collecting those numbers and then remembering that each number as it increases, is one person. That's a living, breathing person with a soul that's watching you for a reason. And so calling people to action and asking them questions and asking them for feedback just begins that conversation. And if we all begin to get comfortable with talking about it, eventually the world will become comfortable and that's our goal, right? So yeah, that, I mean, that's the power of social media. And I just suggest anyone that has a brand of any kind, especially if it is a brand that deals with people directly, begin to be more active on your social media and find ways to put out content that is eye grabbing, that is shocking, that is controversial, because when you when you shock the senses, it causes people to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And I usually lead, of course, with my looks or my boobs (laughs) (laughs) and it gets attention every time. Or I will lead with a thought that I know a lot of people are thinking, but are afraid to say it. And I say it in a way that is just so profound that you can't do anything but agree with it. So yeah, that's my advice to everyone. Really invest time and energy into your social media. Absolutely. I think social media is such an important important tool. Now you mentioned Twitter um, specifically, and you, you mentioned some of the other ones. How would you suggest someone um, someone approach getting more involved in social media? Say they have all of these things. Maybe they have an account on all the different medias, but they're not really that active. Do you suggest just kind of um, bombarding across the map or do you suggest kind of honing in on one first and then expanding more to the others? Yeah, you definitely have to be strategic and plan and map out because every social media platform allows different things. Mm-hmm. So when you're working when you're working in sexuality, there's all already like the censorship of what we do, but Twitter is very sex positive. So that's why I I play on Twitter and I interact with Twitter predominantly and now Snapchat because there's some leeway there. So I would say first examine what it is that you're doing. You know, what is your brand? What is your purpose? Um, and, And what is the theme? What is the feel? So if it's more adult, then you don't necessarily want to start flooding Facebook because Facebook will definitely block you. So will Instagram. There are things that you can do on Facebook and Instagram to get away with certain things, more so um, Instagram than Facebook. But I would say Twitter, 
if you have a Twitter or a Tumblr or even a Snapchat, those are uh, three platforms that you can begin with that are sex positive, that if you want to be a little more risque or racy with what you do, it's allowed. And so sitting down and putting together a schedule or putting together um, the types of messaging and the types of like tweets that you'll put out is a major key. First of all, with Twitter, it's microblogging. So you have 140 characters, and now they changed it to where if you add a picture, it's not going to reduce how many characters you have. I saw that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Freaking awesome, because it has been statistically proven that um, posts that have pictures attached to them perform better than just plain text. And then it's video content. Video content is actually outperforming written content like crazy. So... You have to ask yourself, okay, what am I going to be tweeting? How am I going to tweet it? What do I want to say? Because it's microblogging, it's basic, and, and it's live, you know what I mean? It's like a live feed that just continues. So it's a continual conversation. So basically on Twitter, that would be the place where you would just put up your thoughts, you will spark conversations with people, and you can draw people in by attaching photos, you can advertise, but there's, there's our, there are four four different types of posts. Like there's a post that draws people or calls people to action. So it calls them to do something. Then there's one that raises a question and raising that question will begin a conversation. And then of course you have posts that advertises um, whatever you have going on. If you want them to buy a product or do a show or like, you know, come to a show or whatever, there's that. And then there is something that baits them that leads them to something that you want them to pay attention to, whether it's your website or a newsletter or whatever. So if you just start with those four like basic types of, um, of posts, you already can produce a lot of content. And then just kind of like set days where you'll say, okay, you know what? On Tuesday, like for instance, I do Titty Tuesdays. Hashtag love Titty it. Tuesdays. <laughs> Every Tuesday I show love to my breasts and just breasts in general. And then I give education on how to care for them properly or how to pleasure them. And so... On Tuesdays, most of my conversation is about breasts, you know, and so you can create different themed days where it'll make it easier on you to know what to talk about. Because sometimes I'll sit on Twitter like, all right, I want to have a conversation today, but what am I going to talk about? And so I'll sit for like five minutes and I'll either throw a few fillers out there on Twitter and see what people want to talk about, or I'll just kind of like peruse down my timeline and see what hashtags are trending or what people are talking about, and then I will join the conversation. And that's that's um, a tip too. Joining in on hashtags and the trending topics online will give you so much visibility because people who are actively tweeting or actively posting or talking about those topics will then go search the hashtag and they'll find you and they'll find your words. And so I always suggest people do that. But yeah, just pretty much like programming the, the things you want to post about, the things you want to talk about for every platform and then finding ways to utilize that platform to do it. Twitter is more so microblogging. Snapchat is all video and audio, so you can have a lot of fun with that, making little short videos that disappear within 24 hours. Tumblr is a blog, but it's a very sex-positive blog. But it's interesting because I've put up some of my videos from YouTube on Tumblr where they're fully clothed and they've been taken down and Tumblr will say, we do not allow explicit, uh, sexually explicit content. I'm like, what do you mean? What? Every- yes, they do. I'm like, <laughs> everybody goes to Tumblr to look at porn. What are you talking about? What? 
have you been on the Lady Cheeky? Come on, El Chase. You got like the best one exactly. ever. Exactly. That's crazy. I'm just like, whatever. But yeah, so it's like, once you know the platform, it's, it's great. And then you know how to navigate it. And like, I recently just learned with Instagram, you can show titties as long as you don't show areola or nipple. So if you blur them out or you cover them, it's no problem. And like, you can definitely show booty because I have a photo where I'm like basically lying on a chaise. It's not a chaise. It's like an ottoman. And my, I'm completely naked and my ass is to the camera and it hasn't been flagged or taken down or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so I'm starting to learn like what you can and cannot post up. Right, on Instagram. Right. So if you are going to be a little more racy and like show boobs and stuff, you just have to, you know, blur out areola. Like, I mean, you cannot even have a corner, a small mm. swivel of your areola showing. It has to be covered. And it, it's cool because they do allow educators, like sex educators to put up like, you know, pictures or like, you know, maps of genitalia. And so that's not flagged. But of course, you know, you can't go showing a real... <laughs> Heaven forbid. Penis on. Boobs and penises. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just knowing the platforms and knowing what you can and cannot place up. Facebook is definitely the church. Mm -hmm. And extremely hypocritical because I see all types of violence and abuse, especially sexual abuse. It's ridiculous. That float Mm. around Facebook. But I try to put up something to enlighten and to encourage sexually and it's banned. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of burlesque performers deal with that as well. Not necessarily quite as educational, but just in, in our expression and in things like that. You know, it's it's been Facebook has been a pain in the ass for a lot of that. It has. And I, and I felt like it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. I know. Instead of getting better. I used to be able to put up my sex positions. And I swear to God, cause like I'm I'm clothed. I am mm-hmm. clothed in these yes. sex positions. And the last time I tried to put up a post, it was snatched down. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. I, you know, I recently did a Facebook ad uh, set when I, when I launched this season of sex here um, on the podcast and I did a Facebook ad series and it was actually approved, which shocked me because I was not expecting it, but but it was a very tame image. It was just of like legs and then it, but it said season of sex. Like, well, I think, I think I did S like asterisk X, you know, so it was like that. But I was just surprised that it was even approved at all. I thought they would immediately take that down. But I haven't tried to do a second one. So I'm sure <laughs> uh, Facebook is tough, you know, but they can do whatever they want because they have all of the, the the users, you know, like they're huge. They're the megalith, you know. Exactly. And it's just irritating because I'm like, you guys have all of this, um, this influence. And yet you're still censoring those who are working mm-hmm. on enlightening and mm-hmm. It's just, I, I don't even really interact on Facebook as much as I used to, but as my brand begins to shift into um, more like lifestyle things within sexuality, I will definitely be hiring somebody to build the fa- the Facebook page out because I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the thing is, you know, it's important to have, a, from my opinion, from my research, it's important to have a presence on Facebook. But yes. even if you are a completely vanilla, you know, page about shoes or something like that, you still can't reach anybody because they want you to pay for it all. So right. it's just, it's a frustrating place to be, I think, for any, any business or public figure. But now you mentioned hiring somebody and that's actually kind of segues. I'd love to chat, like, this is a lot of stuff that you do, right? Yeah. Do you have a team that you put together? Are there any tools that you use? Teams and tools. Let's talk about those. The only person I have on my team currently is my graphic designer and webmaster, Ashley Kyles. And 
her husband, Philip, they helped me out tremendously with keeping my website looking pretty and keeping mm-hmm. the back end running and all of that. But everything else that you see, the whirlwind that is Glamazon Tayomi, that's me. That's amazing. That is a lot of stuff to be doing. It I mean, is. Do you sleep or? <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where my brand has grown so large that I do need help. So I'm going to be applying for some interns because my goal is to work with young people who have grown up with the Internet, that have fresh and innovative ideas, but then yeah, also absolutely. give the youth a chance to have some experience with an established brand so that when they do leave college, they can say, I have experience. And it's well documented, you know what I mean? Instead of just, you know, hiring someone, I could hire anyone, but I really believe in giving back and encouraging the next generation to be great. So that's my goal in 2017 is to bring on some interns. But yeah, I pretty much do everything myself. And that's why I'm always kind of like, I I, I try to do things to reduce my anxiety, (laughs) anxiety, because I'm so busy all the time. And like... I have one phone in one hand, the other phone, the other, my iPad here, my computer open. And so some people, when they look at me, they're just like, oh, she's she's on her phone or into her electronics, but they don't understand that I'm actually running a business through all of it. That's your business. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm literally at the office when I'm on my phone. I'm on social media. And even though some people don't understand how social media can make you money or how social media could be a job, it is because my work and everything that I do influences regular terrestrial media. I've gotten plenty of opportunities. Like, you know, me writing for Ebony Magazine and Ebony.com came from me interacting with and socializing on Twitter. And, you know, me being on Tosh.0 on Comedy Central, that came from yeah. my YouTube channel. And I'm, I'm in an infomercial right now that's circulating late nights on, like, FX and Spike and, like, Adult Swim for AdamandEve.com selling sex toys and that happened because social media you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. a lot of the associations and a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten first of all I've never really met a lot of these people in real life I only have interactions with them or relationships with them through the internet and so that's why traveling and, and touring is great because I get to meet a lot of these people that have been influential in my career but, it, you know, it's challenging sometimes because I do juggle a lot. And some things, sometimes I do drop the ball on things that I, I want to do. And I know I could be way more efficient if I did have more help because it's a lot to have to uh, manage, like, five social media accounts Oof, and think yeah. about blogging and then writing for Ebony and then wanting to work on several other pl- projects and then recording and filming and editing for YouTube and setting that it's a up. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's really impressive that you're able to do that. I mean, I've already been wanting to bring some people on. You know, we have a, I have a couple girls I'm chatting with. You know, um, by the way, if anybody listening is interested in helping out on the podcast, burlesquestripdown.com slash join the posse. <laughs> because we're kind of putting together because I just, you know, especially because like this is not my full time job. So it's like it's hard to find that time and then also to find the time for yourself. I mean, yeah. are you do you do you have some rules kind of in place like the phones go down at this time and then I have, you know, or anything like that? Do you have any of that set up for yourself? Yeah, I've started to incorporate that more often where I say, OK, when I'm ready for bed, let's just let's just wind down by reading something mm-hmm. and put the phones across the room like away from you and just set your alarm and just say you're cutting it off and then on Sundays I'm really active in just relaxing and focusing on meditation and my spirituality 
you know, it's the day of rest. It's a day of sun. So I choose that day to truly just like recharge. But yeah, next year, I definitely have to be really strict about making time for me. And typically every day, though, I use the hours of like from when I wake up until noon for me. So if I want to, um, you know, if I want to get on Periscope or something like that, you know, I'll use that time for that. But most of the time between like nine and noon, it's workout time, it's TV time, it's reading time, it's stretching time, meditation Mm -hmm. time. And I was given that advice from a nutritionist that I was working with a few years ago. And she said, you know, you have to make time for yourself. So, you know, consecrate that time for you. And then um, just really, really focus on getting yourself grounded before you, you know, start your day. Because you already know how it is, like dealing with all these electronics and stuff in the digital space. It's draining. Yeah. Oh, it, it sure is. draining. Is. So mm-hmm. self-care is really important, especially in the work that I do, like being a healer and a light worker and just giving so much of my time and energy to people. Because, again, I am interacting with people every single day via the internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to really take that time. And I love that you've you know, kind of carved out that time for yourself, um, you know, whether it is at the beginning of the day or for other people, maybe at the end of the day or a little bit of both as well. I think that's so, so important. And it's something that I, you know, um, I've chatted on the on the show here before, you know, it's it's hard to find exactly what works for you. Me personally, I am not a morning person, but I've made peace with the fact that it's OK if my day um, doesn't start until like 11 o'clock. I mean, not when I'm working my regular job because sometimes they need me there earlier. But when I'm doing, you know, my my work for myself, it's okay if I, you know, because I listen to some of these podcasts. For example, um, the Five AM Miracle and other, you know, really like entrepreneurial minded podcasts where they're like, "Yeah, I get up at five thirty in the morning," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 no," because <laughs> they're, you know, then they're up at five thirty and they're productive by nine o'clock, and I'm like, "Okay, that's great for you, but that doesn't work for me." Exactly. So really, just you know, kind of listen. Listen to yourself, being authentic with yourself and finding the time that works best for you, right? Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm really not a morning person either. Like, I found myself regretting it. I said, shit, why did I even agree to 9 a.m.? I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Because I I was actually up last night with a friend just helping her do like some cord cutting and some cleansing. And it just Mm -hmm. turned into a thing where... Uh, we were up till like three in the morning, you know, getting this stuff done yeah. and, and saging and all of this. And I was like, mm. because I just never know how <laughs> my night's going to go. But I said, you know what? If I get a good solid five hours, I'll be okay. And then I can take a nap after my third interview and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really appreciate it. You sound very perky. I don't know. You should, I don't know. Five hours of sleep is a little, you know, as I get older, I'm like, I need more and more <laughs> sleep. I'm just, I, I get a little grumpy and my voice gets a little like, crack. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but, I'm high on life like when I wake up and the sun is like super shining through my window I'm like good morning (laughs) that's fabulous I love that yeah I think self-care is just such an important thing and I think for me sleep is a huge part of that I think it is for a lot of people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know it's just I challenge people all the time I say you know are you working efficiently or are you just working hard like Yes, work smarter, not faster, not not wait, harder. Work, not harder. There we go. It's, it's <laughs> yes. like for me, I know I get aggy when I'm sleepy. You know, I get extremely <laughs> irritated, and I start snapping on people. So when I find myself doing that online, like being a little sassy, I'm like, all right, I'm shutting it down. I'm going to sleep. 
because I don't want to be Good hurtful to anybody. I don't want to, you know, hurt anyone's feelings. But some of these people, they do overstep their boundaries and I have to put them in their place with love. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, you gotta yeah, do it. I mean, sleep is vital, especially when you are in like a, a self-help profession. When you are in a profession where you're working with people, your energy has to be in a solid place. And so I value my sleep. Like, and you can ask anybody that knows me personally or has had any interactions with me. I can fall asleep very quickly. <laughs> I get into That's a meditative good. state quite easily. And car rides definitely put me to sleep. And so I could be having a full-blown conversation with you just like this. And then if I take a moment of silence, I'm gone. Somebody said I need to get checked for narcolepsy. I'm like, I don't think it's like that bad. (laughs) Borderline, maybe. Right. (laughs) I'm like, you know, if it gets worse, maybe I'll get checked out. But right now, I just feel like I have control over it. But that's just a part of me, like, giving myself permission to check out. Because in the past... I didn't do that. And I used to feel so anxious and like kind of guilty for just not being on all the time. And I had to break away from that because I knew it wasn't healthy. And I actually broke away from that this year. I went camping for the first time. I went to a festival called Something Fresh Fest in Moreland, Georgia. And it was an extremely transformative experience. And for three days, I just disconnected and I was connected with nature. Like, even if I wanted to get on my phone, there was no signal where we were. Mm. And that was my first time sleeping under the stars. And, and you know, I tan all the time, but this was my first time, like, sunbathing my yoni. And yeah, um, awesome. I did a smoke. It was a sweat lodge we did. I mean, it was such an amazing experience. And when I came back to the real world and, you know, got back to my electronics and phone and stuff, I was like, you know what? I did not miss any of this, honestly. Mm, I didn't yeah. miss it. And that was my first time doing a sweat lodge. It's cool. I've never done one before. It sounds interesting. It is. And it was just like, first of all, there were like maybe close to 25, 25 to 30 of us in this small space. And they erected the sweat lodge out of um, branches from the trees wow. that were there. And they just put these big blankets over and they made a hole in the middle where they put the rocks, they put the uh, the coals and then they just they light the coals and then they bring in water and they pour them over the coals and it just creates like this steam and the I don't know what type of what what type of herbs they used or whatever but there was some type of of mixture on these coals that kind of activated some things in us and um it went into rounds like it was round 1 through 5 I think I exited uh after round 4 because it got really intense like I was sitting on the back wall of the lodge in like this yoga position. And so I had to get into a meditative state because I was cramped. <laughs> I was cramped up. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it was amazing though. Just the, the feeling that I had when I left out of that, it was just such a freeing feeling because I allowed myself to meditate and just let anything and everything that I was feeling that was negative and didn't belong flow out of me through breath into the steam. Mm-hmm. And there would be times when they would lift up the door of the of the lodge, which was basically let, lifting up a blanket and just letting out all that steam. And so, mm. as the steam went out, we just imagined that, you know, anything that was negative that we that we would be breathed, the steam was leaving out and exiting. Mm. And then once all the steam was gone, we would do another round. So it was just amazing, and I can't wait to do another one and you know see how it affects me now, considering I've done a lot of you know spiritual work since then but yeah you should definitely try it that's beautiful yeah I'd really love to 
to try that now. <laughs> now that's now I'm going to add that to my bucket list. It sounds really interesting. You have to add it to your bucket list. Done and done. <laughs> I'm going to start writing these things down, though. I'm going to forget them all. But yes. Now you mentioned at the beginning what one thing I really loved is that you consider yourself an artist, right? Everything that you do with your body, all of this expression. Yeah. Um, what What do you consider one of your biggest struggles right now as an artist, as an artistic being? Um. Um. Putting out as much as I want to put out. Mm, realistically time in the day yeah <laughs> yep because mm-hmm. literally my image goes viral like every other week and mm. usually it's my selfies you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it, it, it's so funny to me because I'm like I literally took this with my iPad or my iPhone and you guys think this is spectacular which I I embrace and I feel blessed for that um, but, you know, so I kind of picked up a new hobby, which is iPhone and iPad photography. <laughs> Ooh, cool. And, and so people always say, that's a selfie? How were you able to do that? I'm like, magic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just I wish I, I, I would like to have and I am manifesting more help in being able to put out more images and memes and videos and all of that. Because, again, I want to flood the Internet. I want to be highly influential, so I need more content out there being produced daily, several times a day, just so that way, every where you look, it's like, dang, I can't. Who is this girl? I keep seeing her. Who is this? (laughs) So that's my biggest struggle right now. Honestly, it's just wanting wanting to be more productive and put out more. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, it sounds like, you know, getting a team together will help with that. I know there's also a lot of tools. I'm not sure if you use any, but there's a lot of like scheduling uh-huh. type tools that are out there and all these kind of things that are, you know, I, I'm big on like researching productivity apps and things like yes. that. Like that's one of my favorite things, you know, to make myself more productive and have more, you know, try to stretch the hours that I have as much as possible. On the other hand, like I'm I'm also working, I just finished a book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. And it's talking about making the one thing, you know, finding that one most important thing. And so that's something I'm working on balancing in there as well. Instead of having scatterbrained, I want to do 25 different things. Find that one goal for the day, you know. Yeah, I that need is to work on that important. too. It's hard. It's hard. I recommend the book if you have a chance. Um, if you, you know, you said you like to do some reading at night. It's a very good book. I didn't necessarily like take all of it, you know, mm-hmm. but I picked out the parts that really resonated with me. Yeah, I'll check it out because I love reading. I just got this book from a friend in London um, called The Path, and Ooh. he gifted it to me. And ever since reading this book, it has changed so much in my consciousness and just how I approach life on oh, a daily wow. basis. And it's all about following the way, whichever way you decide to to go. But he goes through the different like uh, Chinese trains of thought when it comes to like spirituality. So from the Laozi to the Tao to the to a Confucius. Um, and just all these different, you know, methods or trains of thought. And it's just, it shifted my consciousness. And he said that it would. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. So I'm almost done with that. And I would suggest anyone get that book. I mean, I'm really, really invested in and interested in, uh, you know, Chinese spirituality. And Man Takachiya is one of my, like, favorite teachers. So the book really resonated with me. But I would suggest anyone that's into like furthering their consciousness and finding a new way to live get that book the path it's by professor michael pewitt excellent Thank you for that advice. And just for anybody listening, just so you know, I will have all the links to basically all the different things that we talked about here in this episode. They're all going to be at the show notes page for this episode, which is going to be at burlesquestripdown.com slash Tayomi. And that's spelled T-Y-O-M-I. 
So you'll be able to find that there as well as, you know, the links we'll chat about later on as far as how to get in touch with Tayomi and everything like that. But I know we, um, you know, we're, we're getting up there on time and we need to start wrapping up, but I would really love to hear, you know, again, a, a lot of the people listening to the show are burlesque performers. So there's an aspect of including sexuality in our performance already, typically. But I'd love to hear if you have any, you know, quick tips and advice for really kind of bridging that gap between like personal sexuality and kind of bringing that to the stage or vice versa, kind of finding that that bridge between being a personal sexual being and being an artistic sexual being. So what I the advice that I have for that is it's all about like incorporating acting and then being able to compartmentalize like. When you are a performer, this is a chance for you to put on a persona. So this person doesn't even necessarily have to be the person you are in your everyday, just like a regular life. The person that you transform into when you are on the stage can be somebody that's completely different. So if you're not necessarily as expressive in your sexuality personally or within the bedroom, like if you're more submissive, then maybe when you play out as your persona, you can be a little more dominant. Which will, get, which will actually allow you the space to be able to express the side of you that you don't get to express regularly. So you can use mm. your art as a way to create balance within your sex life. And so it's all about, I mean, I think that creating those personas and being able to compartmentalize and say, I do this type of thing over here, but then over here I do this thing. It helps because then you can like tap in. You can tap in and know when you're performing and when you're, you know, expressing artistically and then when it's time for you to, you know, get busy in your real life, you know, OK, this is, is who I am traditionally. And then you can even like bring that performance over into the bedroom sometimes if you choose. Yeah. To, you know? um, but I just think that kind of sitting down with yourself and really examining how you are sexually in your everyday life and then discovering like what do you feel comfortable with displaying on stage and then what would you like to express that you don't currently express in your sexuality in every day. You can choose to express that when you are on stage and you're performing. And it's also too about just going into that space in your mind where, I mean, for me, it's like a meditative space. It's like I just tap into that energy and I really take the time to connect with it, let it course through my veins and really just, you know, be aware of what my body is doing, how it's responding. I take mm-hmm. deep breaths and then I just, you know, for me, music is very therapeutic and yes. I just tap in. Cause I, I'm a dancer as well. Like I don't do it professionally, but when I do like go out to parties or when I go to events and stuff and there's music, I'm always dancing. People say that it's hypnotizing because I'm mm. just I'm letting the music just flow through me and I'm letting my sexual energy essentially be massaged by the melodies <laughs> and the rhythms. And it just brings out that that sensual element to me. And I feel that with burlesque dancers, that's what you have to tap into, just really tapping into the essence of your sexual energy and just letting it take over and letting that persona shine and just leaving that person that you're, you know, that you are on an everyday basis, leaving her not behind completely, but just leaving her backstage <laughs> until you're right. ready to get back. <laughs> like, I'll come back for you later. Right. Like you <laughs> yeah. stay right here. We are going to stage. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Like there's so many and I've talked with a lot of different performers. We all have kind of different like pre-show kind of rituals and like kind of get us into that headspace. Um, and me, I, I've experimented with a lot of different things. I think many of us have. I love the idea of like meditation. Um, for me, I really like to. Well, it depends. Actually, it depends on the number that I'm doing. I have one, uh, my evil queen number where I have to get into this really like kind of like dark and like mysterious space. But then I've got like my despicable me number where I just really need to laugh and just be silly because I'm just being crazy on stage, you know? And so it depends on the number for me. But I often like to listen to some hip hop music and oh, just yeah. kind of get myself, you know, get some pumped up that way. Um, and then, of course, I think I believe it was Holly Rebel. Uh, she likes to masturbate every time, like oh, not wow. right before she goes on stage, but at some point in that afternoon kind of gets her into that, you know, that space nice. almost every for every show. I'm like, that's a great way too, you know, so it's kind of finding that that works for you, you know, that to get you into that, like you said, that headspace. Absolutely. And for me, it's just very easy to go there. And that's something that I think a lot of women admire about me because at the retreat that I was at so many women just came up to me and were like how are you able to do that how are you able to just like <laughs> tap into your sensuality and just be so comfortable expressing it and I'm like well first of all I like to think all the world's a stage you know yes and yes everyone's always watching so I'm like well if you're gonna be watching me I may as well give you a show but also it's a very <laughs> it's a very personal thing though with me where I, it's a personal relationship with myself and my sexual energy and then also divinity. Because mm. when I dance, I feel that I'm showing honor to the other, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm showing honor to the most high. And so when I move my body and I'm working with the music and I'm putting this energy out, it's like pretty much a form of praise for me. So it's easy for me to get into that space and be comfortable with you know, incorporating my sensuality because it's all one in the same. Realistically, we all come from that same energy and everything comes from that same energy. And I just tap in. And so for me, it's like, why not be unashamed to show praise and show gratitude through movement and let my sexual energy rise up? I, feel, I just feel extremely comfortable in my sexual energy. And it's taken years to get there, but it's been years of dedicated and very intentional um, focus yes, on that yes. and doing things to help awaken that and become more comfortable in that. Absolutely. I was going to say, it's not like you just woke up one morning no. and suddenly get into that space, right? You take <laughs> no. that time, you work on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. like <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> Lots of practice. Like, I wish I could just wake up and be like, oh, I'm enlightened. You know, like, no. Right? Oh, goodness. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it takes work. <laughs> it does. It does indeed. Well, awesome. I really love all the stuff that we've delved into. And I really, literally, I say this in almost all of my interviews, but I've just been so blessed and so lucky to have such amazing people to talk to because I feel like we could have talked for hours because Absolutely. I, I just really love this. But I want to make sure that, you know, we get you off. You know, I know you got two more interviews today and I know everybody listening probably has a lot of things to do and they're just like hanging on to the bitter end because they love you so much. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and transition into I have two sections that I always do at the very end because, of course, we get into some really deep, heavy things, you know, talking about enlightenment and all of these things. And now I like to go a little lighter and go a little bit uh, more superficial. This first section is called Pick Your Poison. And what I have is uh, basically 11 different questions that are really just like getting to know you on a, you know, human being, like just really superficial kind of a level. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to do all 11, of course. What I'll do is have you just pick any number, one through 11, to get us going. Okay. I want to say nine. Number nine. Ooh, I like this one. So if you were stranded on a desert island, what three things would you want to have with you? 
Um, uh, oh, let's see. I definitely would like to have um, a trunk of my favorite books. A trunk of, I like the way you, you, you work around that because it's technically one item. <laughs> exactly, it is. It's a trunk of books. And then I would also like to have a trunk <laughs> filled <Cheater>. with <laughs> yes, essential oils and mm. herbs. I, I love that stuff. It's medicine. So, and then Absolutely. some type of music source, honestly, like, and un, I, I would like to have a music source that never dies, like a lithium battery battery. That's just infinite. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would, I would be happy. Like I would stay there and not even complain. Right. It would not be bad, man, to have just books and music and essential oils. That yes. doesn't sound like too bad a life, does it? It doesn't. Like that's paradise. <laughs> right. <laughs> And our last little fun section is called This or That. So what I have is a series of kind of either or questions. This is kind of our quick fire round. Okay. So I'll just give you two options and you choose whichever one you prefer. Okay. Got and it. I always, every time I always say you can interpret these in any way you like. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? Ready. All right. Let's do it. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks. <laughs> City or country? Oh, um, hmm. man, I'm a little biased and I'm from Chicago, so I'm going to say city. You got to do. You got to do. Movies or TV shows? Oh, man. Really? Um, yeah. You got to choose. Dang. Does Netflix count? <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you watch more on there? Do you watch movies or, or TV shows more? Yeah, you know. I know. See, uh, I'm going to push it. Original, push it. Co- original series <laughs> on Netflix, so I guess TV. There you go. They're pretty good, right? They're they pretty are. Good. They're awesome. Now, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, a lot of burlesque performers, but uh, Dita Von Tees or Dirty Martini? Damn, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. I have to go with Dita. They're both wonderful, of yeah, course. We are. love them both. But Dita, she's so classic. Oh, she beautiful. is. Oh, my God. I love anything that's classic. Like, she, she gives me so much life. I know. I agree. Mm, love it. Now, how about a Dirty Martini or a pint of beer? A Dirty Martini, for sure. There you go. Day or night? Night. Night. How about Harry Potter or Star Wars? Star Wars. Yeah, that's my girl. Top or bottom? Ooh, mm. top. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke, we could be talking about bunk beds. You know, right. you never know. It's I'm whatever. top for everything. <laughs> Put me on top. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, girl. <laughs> How about mountains or ocean? Ocean. Classic or neo burlesque? Classic. Peanut butter or jelly? Oh, really? <laughs> Peanut butter. They're best together, but <laughs> peanut butter are good. Comedy or tragedy? Comedy. Marvel or DC? Come on. Really? <sighs> I know. Okay. These, uh, the, these are the tough questions, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, DC. DC. Sleep or sex? <laughs> Sleep. I mean, sex. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? Have you have we met? <laughs> you know me at all? Sex and then sleep, <laughs> <laughs> and then some sleep. There you go. And the ever important last one: heels or bare feet? Heels. Yeah. Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. From the Glamazon herself. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. What do you have going on right now that you are the most excited about? I'm excited about touring. I started this year touring domestically in the United States and I took my classes overseas. And so I'm excited to be going into round two of touring yay! in 2017, taking my classes to even more 
places across the pond. That's <laughs> and, amazing. And um, I have a class in Tampa cool. coming up soon. I have some classes in L.A., in New York, in D.C. So I'm just super excited about traveling and meeting those who follow me and even meeting new people who don't even know who I am, but they've been drawn to my event for whatever reason. So that's the most exciting thing I have going on right now. Fantastic. That must be so much fun. I'd love to to get to a point. I love to travel. So it'd be great to be able to do that, you know, part of your job and everything, meet all these people that you've seen on the internet or that you've interacted with. That's so awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. And it's, it is very rewarding. And then to meet people from different cultures, especially when they speak different languages, it's mm-hmm. just, it's mind blowing and definitely yeah. very humbling. Definitely. Well, definitely let me know, too, if you go to Paris, because I, I lived there for a while and I have some contacts there that might be interested in any oh classes God. that you have or anything I as well. I or even I went to Paris over the um, oh. before the fall, like at the end of summer, I went to Paris and back in September. Oh, man. And it was so amazing, but I plan on going back next year. So I will definitely need those contacts. Yeah, yeah. Just keep us in touch. I mean, my my burlesque troupe over there does, you know, they do like classes and cocktails where they bring in visiting um, teachers, mostly in the burlesque field. But I could even talk to them and see if they're interested in bringing in, you know, like a sex expert such as yourself. That would be amazing. And I would love to take some burlesque classes. Like I love dance and striptease. And I think that it's perfect for me, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Well, if anybody uh, listening or yourself, it's uh, burlesquemoulin.fm. FR. So they do all sorts of classes and performances and things like that. It's a lot, a lot of fun there. And they're the only bilingual burlesque troupe in Paris, by the way. Oh, well, <laughs> so. I have to look them up now because I yeah. will definitely take classes when I go back. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely make sure you all are in touch. Now, I know you are pretty much the sex queen of YouTube, but I would love to hear specifically about one of your favorite videos that you have. And then as well, a video from somebody else, maybe that you just like can't get enough of right now or that you're obsessed with at the moment. So two different videos if you have them. So one of my favorite videos is (laughs) it's called Riding the North Face. And I think (laughs) I think currently it has like 17 million views. Oh, damn girl. But I, but I love it because the guy that I'm using is smaller than me. And so, and I'm riding his face. So when I get on top of him, it's like (laughs) his entire face is buried between my thighs. (laughs) And I think it gives like all the little guys in the world hope. They're like, oh yes, if she's straddling him, she can straddle me too. Or a woman like her. That's awesome. And um, my favorite video right now, I can't say that I have one, honestly. Okay. Because I haven't really had a chance to, like, peruse the internet and um, watch Well, understandable. You're so busy with all your own stuff. Like, let's be real. (laughs) And then usually when I do watch things, it's like tutorials. So I do have this one person I absolutely love. He makes wigs. (laughs) And I'm a wig maker, too. And I just love, like, you know, playing with my hair and my look. His name is Malibu Barbie. And he is so fierce. And awesome. he just makes it so easy to like, he's, his tutorials are extremely easy to follow. And so he's just been giving me so much inspiration and encouragement to further my wig making. Well, that's really cool because I know there's a lot of, I mean, me personally, I just, you know, buy cheap wigs and try to wear them. But I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of other burlesque performers that do a lot of, you know, kind of wig work. So for, um, once again, everybody, all of these links as well as these, I'll, I'll embed these two uh, videos as well. So um, I'll put Malibu Barbie's video as well as um, Riding the North Face uh, right in there. And that'll be at burlesquestripdown.com slash Tyomi, T-Y-O-M-I. And you'll also be able to find all the links to keep up 
with Tayomi, which are, why don't you go ahead and tell us what are the best ways? I mean, you're clearly on every single social media ever. Yes. <laughs> but what I are am. kind of, what's the best handles, the best ways to keep up with you, get in touch with you if we want to learn more? Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter. That's at Glamazon Tayomi. You can also reach out to me um, via Snapchat. That's at Glamazon Tayomi. Facebook is facebook.com slash uh, planet Glamazonia. And you can find me on Instagram at, at the Glamazon Tayomi because I deleted my first page. And you can also check me out on Periscope. I do live broadcasts there. We have over 37,000 people right now. And that's at Glamazon Tayomi. So basically, if you if you get confused, just Google Glamazon Tayomi <laughs> and everything will pop up. You will be able to find me. I guarantee it. <laughs> so whichever <laughs> of your favorite social medias, there, she's there. <laughs> I am there. Yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. Do you have a kind of web page home base as well? Or do you just pretty much use these guys? Yeah, I do. So you can check out my blog site, GlamErotica101.com for sex advice. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can send me a message through my website. That's SexpertTayomi.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Like I said, all those links, um, if you didn't quite memorize them or you're driving or anything, you can just go to burlesquestripdown.com slash Tayomi and you'll be able to find everything all there in one place, as well as some more information about her, her bio and everything like that. So Tayomi, oh my goodness. I really, I wish we had more time and I, I wish know. we could just chat on I forever know. and ever and ever, but I have to share you with your other interviewers as well, yes. unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> None of us want to share you. You're too fabulous. So. <laughs> I love it though. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Is there anything that you wanted to share with the audience, with my Burlesque Strip Down team, uh, with everybody who listens? Yeah, I just want to encourage everybody to be a better version of themselves, be the best mm. version of yourself every single day and live authentically and fully. I love it. Such good advice. We talk a lot about authenticity. They, everybody knows that's one of my biggest things. So I love that advice. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Velvet. And there you have it. Lots of great advice, particularly a lot of the good you know, social media. She really is a social media presence. So she is a great person to listen to um, as far as how to just dominate on the interwebs. And as she says, basically putting content out there is just that huge, that huge thing. So if you're interested in building your brand, even just as a burlesque performer, you may not think that online branding is all that important, but it absolutely is. If you have an online presence, your appeal to producers, to festivals... And to just the shows in general, getting people in the seats is going to increase tenfold. Plus, it's really fun. You know, it's a fun thing to do to connect with people online. So if you haven't been taking that seriously so far, I highly recommend that you head back and listen to my episode on creating a personal brand and maybe even listen to this episode again and take some notes on Tayomi's advice because there really is a lot that you can do to enhance what you have online. And the great thing is, is with our phones, we can do a lot of it. You know, if you're on the metro, if you're, you know, well, not necessarily if you're driving, <laughs> we're not going to avoid that. But if you're waiting in line at the grocery store, you can just, you know, put a few posts up and, and just start to kind of slowly and organically build your followings on your various social media networks. And if you're interested in hearing more, I've actually been um, considering doing um, a, you know, social net, social media best practices kind of webinar leading into maybe some branding challenges and things like that. So if that's something that interests you, just send me a quick email, leave me a voicemail on the website or even a tweet or anything just to kind of let me know that there's some interest out there because I haven't, I've been kind of gauging interest and I haven't heard a lot back yet. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can reach me at velvet at burlesquestripdown.com. I'm on Twitter at velvet 
Velvet Eau Claire, Instagram at Velvet Eau Claire, and Facebook is Burlesque Stripped Down. So any one of those ways is a is a great um, method to kind of reach me and just let me know of your interest and what specifically you'd like to learn more about. So thank you again, Tayomi, for coming on the show, taking time. I know she had a very busy schedule. She had three other or two other interviews, three total that day that we recorded. So I really appreciate her taking that time to get to know us and to bring some of her wisdom to our ears. (laughs) And thank you to all of you for listening. As always, I so appreciate you pressing play today. Um, It's always such a pleasure to chat with you and to hear from you and all of that. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that at burlesquestripdown.com slash support. If you'd like to join, burlesquestripdown.com slash join the posse. And if you'd like to learn more about Tyomi, burlesquestripdown.com slash Tyomi, T-Y-O-M-I. Thank you again, everybody. I hope that you are having a fantastic last few weeks of 2016. I am personally ready to say good riddance to 2016. It can't be gone soon enough. 2017 is bound to be better, right? Hopefully, God, my fingers are crossed. So (laughs) I hope that you have a fantastic holiday season, whatever you celebrate, wherever you celebrate, with whomever you celebrate. I hope you love it. And it's all about, you know, spending time with the people that we love the most and doing the things that bring us joy. So I hope that you are doing that. And I hope that you all in this special holiday time, you still manage to, you know, stay sexy. Stay sexy.